Thanks for joining us on the New Beginnings Podcast, where our goal is to help people connect with Christ. We hope you enjoy listening. Welcome. How's everybody doing? All right, real quick, just because I want want to get a feel for like how much time I have here. Okay, Um, how many of y'all went to bed after midnight last night? You went to bed after midnight. Oh my Lord Jesus! Y'all can go get some coffee right now. It won't it won't offend me. Go get some coffee right now. Hang with me. How many of y'all went to bed before midnight? Oh my gosh. What's up with y'all? What? It's New Year's. What, what did y'all do? Just go to bed like a normal night? Just be like, I'm tired. Did you watch the New York? Did you do like the nine o'clock, watch New York? And you're like, that's good enough for me. I'm down. Hey, I don't, I don't care what you did. So, all right. So here's the deal. We kick off a brand new series this week, and it's so good to be a part of week one of a series because week one many times sets the tone, and today will be no different. Today we will kick the door open of this idea called weird. Everybody say weird. weird. Um, how many of you know somebody that's weird? You know what I mean? They're just like, they, they sound to you. There's different levels of a weird. There's different versions of weird. There's different categories of weird. Here's, here's what I think. I actually think that there is a good kind of weird, like, because weird people make the world more interesting. I, I, I just believe that. And here's the other thing I believe, too. I believe all of us are a little weird, and we just contain it or conceal it or hide it a little bit. And so, so there's some good, there's some good weird, like, like, there's some stuff people do that I think is funny, like, like there are people that are weird and what y'all do is y'all break out with British accents for no reason whatsoever, but it's just kind of fun. My daughter does this. My daughter is 10 years old, and she's just like, hello, chap, how are you today? And, and, and it's just the cutest, funniest thing, and I think that's great, and some of y'all do that too. Here's another one I really enjoy. Some of you practice your evil villain laugh, like, <laughs> and you practice it just because it's fun to you, and watch whoever laughs. That's a, um, that's a revealer. Um, uh, some, of you, some of you break out into song. Or dance, or both, randomly in public for no real reason. Once just a song comes on, you're like, uh, nah, nah, and you just start. I appreciate you. I, I, I just want you know I, I like that. Um, here's another one that I found. I found some people that no matter where they're at in life, if they get if they get a little bored, what they do is they look at their surroundings and they start plotting how they would escape if a terrorist attack broke out. <laughs> or or the other version is you start plotting how you would rob this place and get away with it. Not as, not as much on that one, okay. Um, uh, some of y'all are, uh, this is good, good weird, this is good weird. Some of y'all try to like, every once in a while, just for fun, try to move something with your mind just to see, just to see. Some of y'all try to use the force just to check it, just to see if it ever kicked in, you know, like, or if you just, if, if God forbid the worst case scenario is you just have to do it at the grocery store, you know the doors are going to move, so you're like... And I appreciate you people. You, you people are a good kind of weird. Or some of you do this, and, and, and I think a lot of us do this. Some of you, basically what you do is, is you have fake fights in your head so that you can be ready to defend something at any given moment. Like you, you have like a thought or an idea, and then you, like you, you have like a... Ma- all y'all are laughing to yourselves real quick here. And just so you know, like I've done all of these at some point in my life, which is why I think it's a good, it's a good kind of weird, right? And, and, y'all, and see, here's the deal. With good kind of weird, what, what you don't know is, is that actually everybody's a little bit weird like that. It's just, again, whether or not you're, you're totally open to, to showing the world how, how weird you are. So that's the good kind of weird. I'm okay with that kind of weird, but that's, that's not what we're talking about in this series, although that could be fun. There's a bad kind of weird, and that kind of weird is creepy, right? We didn't want, I don't want to talk about that one because it'll give us the heebie-jeebies, but some people's just weird on a level that's like, 
that's a bad, there's a bad kind of weird, right? We want to talk about that one. Because that's not what we're going to do this, this series. Um, there's another kind of weird that I would like to address, just because I, I, I want to be clear about this. Because if you're in here, and this is New Year's, you haven't been to church in a while, or whatever it is, you may be aware that there is a Christian version of weird. Like, Christians can be weird. Can I get a, can I get an amen? How many ever met a weird Christian? You're the, you know, like, you know, like there's camps in Christianity that do stuff that is so dumb, that is so weird that you're embarrassed to be a Christian because you don't want to be associated with how weird they are. You know what I mean? You meet people and they're so goofy and they heard from God five times that day and have a word for you. And it just goes like, okay, wait a minute. They just go. and, And I want you to know that that's not, as a matter of fact, I got you a sample because I'm going to take some of you back. And some of you are going to get a kick out of this. This is the Christian kind of weird that we need to avoid. Check, check this out right here. This, is, this, will, this will take you back. All right, that's, that's all I can handle. That goes on for 10 more minutes. That, that's, a, that's a Christian, because Christians have a way of just being sometimes kind of Christian weird. Never do that. If you do that, just say you're of a different religion. Blame them. But secretly, you love Jesus, okay? So that, that, that's not what's it. So there's a good kind of weird that we all appreciate. There's a bad kind of weird that gives you the heebie-jeebies. There's a Christian kind of weird where, where certain Christians get kind of goofy or odd or, 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 you know, whatever. That's not what I'm talking about either. What I'm talking about is a God kind of weird. And, and, and here's, here's kind of what I mean. I remember feeling this way as a young person. As a young person... When I think about especially the way that I was, I think in elementary school, for the most part, I was the kid that just was a kid. I didn't care. I wasn't into fashion or how I looked. I just wanted to have fun and hang out with my buddies and go have fun. But, but you start shifting near the end of elementary school where like you feel like, man, I need to fit in. You know, in middle school, it's huge that way. You felt the need to be popular, to be cool, or to fit in. And all you wanted was to be normal, right? You, just want, you didn't want to be weird. You didn't want to be left out. You didn't want to be ostracized. I just want to be cool and fit in and be able to have friends and go with the flow. And that carries on into high school as well. And, and here's what happened for me is, is that was my heart's desire. You know, you don't want to be the weird kid that's left out of everything. You want to fit in and kind of be normal. And then what happened was is when I was in between my junior and senior year, I became a Christian. Now, before that, I was the, I was the opposite of a Christian. Um, I didn't do things that Christians would do. I just wasn't a Christian at all. And, but, but in between my junior and senior year, I had an experience where I felt and experienced God and knew that God was real and I wanted to serve God with my life. And here's what happened. When I went back to school that next year, I wasn't doing all the same stuff that I used to do. I just knew I couldn't do all those things anymore because they were mostly illegal. But, but I just had decided that I'm not going to be that person anymore. God has created a new person. He's doing something new in my life. And I'm going to serve and honor God with my life. And man, man I, I used to have lots of friends. And then I had like two friends. <laughs> and I realized that like 
I'm not, I'm not normal the way that they thought I was normal. I'm not cool the way they thought I was cool. And I, I'm just different now. And to them, I became weird. My brother, who was two years older than me, he was like, dude, you know, because like your brothers, there's some street cred represents attached to like, dude, man, you're just weird. Quit being so weird with the Jesus thing. You, you don't got to be so over the top. Just be Jesus light, you know, be Jesus cool, be, but, but don't be Jesus and then, then, then be so extreme that it's become My parents, who took me to church as a kid, who raised me going to church, they pulled me to the side. And they're like, look, Todd, I'm not lying. This is not medicine. My parents pulled me aside and like, look, Todd, look, look, look. You uh, were an extreme kid over here, and we weren't real happy about that. But now you, you're into this Jesus thing now, and now... You're so extreme over here now that we think you're just a little... They said this. They were like, we're concerned. It's a little weird. And I was like, holy smokes, this is my parents. I got off drugs and alcohol and running around doing illegal stuff. And now, now you got an issue with me. How, how, I thought that was kind of weird. And, and, and my point is, is that I, I, I shifted in life and what I recognized is... To truly follow Jesus, a lot of people in life are going to look at you and think that you are just a little, yeah, you're weird. You're weird. And what I learned is, is that, yeah, there's a good kind of weird that makes the world fun and we love y'all. And there's an icky weird and we don't want to do with that. And there's a Christian weird and I don't, I don't want that either. But what I'm telling you is, is I believe. That there is a God kind of weird that sets you apart, that makes you different than how culture is, the cultural flow, the cultural norm, and that that is going to make you a little bit weird. And that might be the best thing for you. Watch what Jesus had to say here. Matthew chapter 7, he says this. This is a part of the Sermon on the Mount. He says, in life, I want you to enter through the narrow gate. So he's got this metaphor going about life and gates and how it's going to work. And he goes, now there's one gate that's wide and it's broad. And this ends up leading to destruction. And many, everybody say many, and many enter through this. So there's a path of life that the majority of folks buy into. That This is the road and the path that most people would deem to be normal. This is what everybody does, Todd. Come back from weird and just be a little bit normal because this is what we want you to fit in and be a part of the flow of life. And Jesus said, actually, there's a different gate. And it's small. It's narrow. But this road leads to life. And there are only a few. Some might say some weird people who find it. So Jesus is already out of the gate, very first public sermon saying, you need to recognize that if you listen to me and that you follow in my ways, that there's two different paths in which the world will look at. They'll look at one path as being like, hey, this is what normal is. This is what kind of most people do. This is where everybody else kind of flows. This is the lane they flow in. But I'm telling you that there's a different path. It's the Jesus path and it's smaller. It's tighter. It's a little more narrow. And not everybody goes running into this path. But I'm telling you that if you'll find the path that seems and appears to be just a little bit weird, you'll find life. You'll find something special. It will be different. It will be unique. But it will be great. Because here's, here's, here's the premise of the whole series. I'd like you to be a little bit weird and follow the, the Jesus path. Because as I observe normal, normal isn't working. 
Like when I look at normal, this is just me as a casual observer. When I look at how people do life and they go through the Broadway, when you look at all the different categories of life, people are going through the Broadway, but it ain't working. It's not as good as everybody's painting it to be. The majority have not necessarily found the best way to do life. Like, for example, when normal people look at their time and and, and I see how they treat their time and what they do with their time, you know what I find normal leads to? Normal leads to overwhelmed. Normal leads to crowded rushed, stressed, no margin, wore out. I don't know that I want that. When I look at people when it comes to their money, most people, when it comes to their money, are broke, tons of credit card debt, living from paycheck to paycheck. And I'm thinking, if that's normal, I don't know that I want it. Because I I live in a world where I've got to have these things to measure up. I've got to have these things to fit in. I need these certain things. And then all of a sudden, I'm leveraging all my income. I'm maxed out. I'm spending everything that I bring in, plus a little bit more on credit cards. I don't know about you, but I don't know that normal is the best way for my life to go. This is true of our career. There's so many people that their career is them living in, in, in a job that they hate going through the motions that they despise, working with people that they dislike with no sense of meaning or purpose at all. And to me, I'll go weird. I'm okay, I'm okay with weird. Like I watch people date and I look at heartache and heartbreak and crying and I look at like the guilt and the shame and the remorse because you just keep dating and you're playing the game and you're playing the field and you're jumping from relationship to relationship and you live with him and then you live with her and then you break up and then you're practicing for divorce and then it's like, yeah, that's normal. But I don't know about you, but in my casual observations of life, I don't know that normal is totally working. It is quiet up in this Methodist church right now. I said that one time and somebody came up to me after like, are we Methodists? I didn't even know. That's a joke, people. Because if, if you go to a Methodist church, they're just really quiet. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's just, it's just, it's just a joke. So, so I guess my point would be this. If you want what normal people have, like if that's what you want, then you just keep doing what normal people do. But... If you want what few people have, you have to do what few people do. Like, you've got to change the paradigm. You've got to switch it up. You've got to change it up. You're going to have to go into the realm of where the majority of people look at you and be like, man, that's weird. You're at church on New Year's Day. You went home early from the party so that you could go to church the next day. That's just kind of weird. So you're already, you're already kind of that way because you're, you're here. You're, you're already a little bit, a little bit weird. And, and if you look... The Bible, when you look at it, it constantly is teaching you to do weird things. Like, I don't know if you know this or not. Like, like there's, this one, there's this one thing where it says that if someone hits you, hey, man, turn the other cheek. There's this other thing where it says if somebody hurts you or offends you, forgive them. If somebody hurts you, pray for them. You're like, man, that's weird. Because the way I grew up was, man, if somebody hurts you, you need to hurt them back. If somebody punches you, you punch them. You know what my dad taught me? He said, Todd, if you ever get into a fight, you make sure you hit first and you hit as hard as you can. That's the way, the da- that's the way daddy taught me. And so, but, but then all of a sudden, Jesus comes along and he introduces weird, so, so, something different. He says weird stuff like if you want to find your life, lose it. If you want to be first, you need to be last. That's weird. Like that, 
until you dive in, you're like, I don't even know that that makes sense, Jesus. I need to figure out what, what that means. He says this. He says, if you want to achieve greatness in life. Now, normal, if, if, if I were normal and I wanted to achieve a greatness in life, it would be to sacrifice my kids and my marriage and work like a dog and cut corners and step on other people and do everything I can to get ahead. That would be, that'd be normal. And Jesus said, you know what? If you want to be great in life, outserve everyone. What? That's just, that's just weird, Jesus. He, he says this, like, he goes, hey, in, in life, and he was talking to a culture that was incredibly, you know, at times promiscuous, and he said, hey, don't commit adultery. Don't divorce your wife just for any reason. And everybody was like, man, that's weird. And then he doubles down and goes further. He goes, not only do I not want you to commit adultery, I don't even want you to have lust in your thoughts and in your heart. Everybody's like, okay, too far. That's just weird. You know, how, how, do you, how do you do that? How do you, you know, how do you control your thoughts? That's crazy. And so Jesus would constantly teach these weird things. But here's what you need to know. Here's, here's where we're going to go over the next few weeks to come. Is that weird people don't think like normal people think. Their brain works differently and they just have made a decision that I'm going to change my mind because what if I found the narrow path that has the small gate that only a few people are getting in but it leads to, it leads to life and abundance. And to do that, you will eventually have to change the way that you think. The Apostle Paul says the same thing. Watch this. Romans 12, 2 says, Don't live any longer the way this world lives. Meaning like be an observer of culture. Like, because if you have to, like, live other than the way that the world lives, you have to observe that the way that the world does things. You have to figure out what normal is and sometimes say, okay, if that's normal, I know I need to do something other than that because normal isn't working. He goes, so, so watch out. He goes, let your way of thinking be completely changed. And then you'll be able to test what God wants for you. And you will agree that what he wants is right and good. This is the way the message says it. The message says it. The message is like a commentary version of the Bible. It says things a little bit interestingly and very modern. He says it like this. He says, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that like you look like and sound like and do things everything way that the world and the culture do. He goes, don't, don't get so well adjusted to your culture so that you fit in without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. Like you just need to know that weird people, people that have really found the Jesus way and they are deemed kind of weird by everybody else's standards, they just do things differently. There's a different way of going about it. And the, what you'll find is this, is that weird teaches you to think differently about all kinds of stuff. Like we mentioned a couple, like, like time, like money, relationships, sex, your value system, like all of that is challenged to be so different. Like again, like this whole time thing, we talked about this, like normal is stressed out and overwhelmed and all those things. Do you know why? It's because they think different. Let me tell you how weird people think. Weird people, a good, a good God kind of weird, weird people look at time just differently. So a normal person, how many of you have ever done this? Somebody asks you, hey, do you want to go do x you want to go do blank whatever it is and then what we do is is we ask ourselves a question well i don't know can i we say can i go do that that's normal you know what weird people they don't ask can i they ask a different question they ask should i well let me think about that should i go not can i not is it in the realm of possibility that will just max out my schedule further than it's already maxed it's not that is there available time it's should i meaning there's a priority system that there are things that i have already predetermined to be more valuable than other things. And so before I, I basically what it is, is this, I'm not going to go do a good thing 
at the expense of a great thing. I'm not going to go even do a fun thing for the, for, for the expense of maybe what is the most important thing. And so when I think about my time, I don't ask, can I go do something? I ask the question, should I go do something? You know, we, we were talking about money earlier. We talked about living paycheck to paycheck and living in credit card debt and maxed out this. and all. Like that's how normal people do it. And the reason why is because when normal people think about money, they normally, now here's the deal, at, at the poorest level, the way they think about money is many times like day to day. Like, well, do I got enough money for the day? How am I going to eat today? And it keeps going up. And what you find is this, is it just keeps changing. the higher Because when you get up a notch, people above that would say, not just day to day, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm thinking more like week to week. Right? I'm thinking like, you know, paycheck to paycheck maybe. If you're doing a little bit better than that, you begin to think, okay, I've got a monthly budget and now I'm thinking about my stuff from month to month. You know what weird people do? Weird people do not think week to week. Weird people do not think paycheck to paycheck. Weird people don't even think month to month. You know what weird people start thinking about? They start thinking of year to year. And really, really weird people, they start thinking decade to decade. And the craziest ones of all start thinking generation to generation. They just think differently. And so the reason why some of us are stuck in a thing that other people would call normal is because we've just chosen to adopt the thinking of our world and the thinking of our culture. I'm just telling you there's something different, that when you dive into the life and teachings of Jesus, that when you dive into the teachings of the Bible, that there's some weird stuff in there that teaches you to change the way that you think and overhaul the way that you think about all this stuff. Not only do weird people think differently than normal people do, what as a result, and this is pretty obvious, is that weird people don't live like normal people do. Like your thinking so invades your decisions and your actions and your choices that now not only does he just, because I mean, no, like some people think differently. Not everybody does differently. And weird, weird people jump over to this realm of like application and action and do, doing things. They're like, wow, I can't believe, let, let, let me just say it like this. There's going to come a point in your life where your family looks at you, pulls you to the side and say, I think it's, you, 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 you. the way you're parenting like, I can't believe you decided, like, people, when we decided to homeschool our kids, people were, like, pulling us, like, hey, are you sure? I don't want your kids to turn out weird. They were concerned that my kids would turn out weird if I homeschooled them, which led me to an observation. I mean, there's weird people at school. Hey, let me ask you, how many, went to, how many went to public school like I did? How many knew weird kids at school? Yeah, this is, I had weird kids at school, funky kind of weird, right? You know how to determine? is that in homeschooling there was weird kids, and in public school there was weird kids, and the common denominator was they had weird parents. And so I thought, well, if my kid turns out weird, that's just my fault. <laughs> that's, I hope it's a good kind of weird. But people were like, hey, you know, your kid, you know, it's not going to be, and like you need to, you need to rethink and re- I'm like, look, man, that's just the way I think God is. And I'm not saying that everybody needs to pull their kids out of school and go homeschool. That was just my kind of weird. That was what we chose to do. Like we chose a long, long time ago to like not go into debt. We were like a young couple and we were always in debt, like a thousand bucks in debt on the credit card every month. We were like, what the heck? And so we took, you know what we did? We took a, like a financial class, a biblical financial class, a lot like Financial Peace University is. And 
we decided, you know what, let's actually, what, what is a budget? Nobody ever taught me how to budget things, and nobody ever taught me some of this stuff. And I began to learn and to read and to study the scripture and say, what does God say about margin and debt and all these different things? And we just made a decision a long time ago. We're not going to go and max out credit cards, and we're not going to go live beyond our means. And so if that means, we, we had seasons of life where we only had one vehicle. We had seasons of life where, where we were just making these, what other people consider drastic cuts, or how can you not do this, or go here, how can you not have these things? And we're like, I don't know. Maybe we'll just be a little bit weird. But here's what I know. We have lived in financial blessing always. But we've always decided, that, hey, we want to do things God's way. I'm just telling you that you begin to live differently. Listen to what Peter says. So Jesus is talking about this stuff. Paul's talking about this stuff. Listen to what Peter says. Peter says, dear friends, you're my buddies. I urge you as what? As aliens and strangers. Um, this is not referring to like um, small green people from outer space. <sighs> aliens and strangers. The way that we talk about an alien and a stranger is just a foreigner from a foreign land that had come over into Israel or whatever. And they had all these rules and laws about like how well you should take care of people who travel and who are, are foreigners. Like, they had laws for that. But Peter now makes a spiritual analogy. He said, you know how like some people roam up into Israel and they don't really belong there? And they don't really speak the language and they seem kind of weird. That's the way you ought to be. Because this is not your home. This is not where you will exactly live forever in this current cultural state. This is not the way that it's going to be. So I want you to change your thinking and change your living because you don't belong in this world. Let me put it like this. My old pastor used to say it like this. He used to say that, Todd, you are not an abnormal person living in a normal world. Todd, you are actually a normal person living in an abnormal world. Like, you need to know that the world is broken. <laughs> and as long as you keep doing things the way of this world, you can end up broke with it. But it, what if, what if you became just a little bit weird and to do things in such a way that maybe cultural flow would look down on? Maybe the, the, the family and the friends and the people would say, ah, that's just a little bit too weird for me. He goes, that's where you need to recognize, like, that's probably what you need to hear. Here, here I guess here's, let me, let me put it like this. If people don't think that you're weird... That might be an indicator that you've got, because here's the deal. I, I, not only am I kind of bored with this idea of like normalcy and cultural flow, like even inside of Christianity, there's too much normal. Like, 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 like there's a normal version of Christianity that I think is weak. There's a normal version of Christianity. Is like, like let, me, let me give you an example. Normal Christianity would be like, I try to go to church most of the time. That's normal Christianity. You know what weird Christianity is? Weird Christianity is, man, I'm at church every Sunday, come hell or high water. I don't care what's going on. I'm going to be at church. And guess what? I'm in a Bible study in the midweek. And then I, I read my Bible in the morning when I wake up. And then, and then I, I go and do and serve in this food kitchen thing. And then I go and do the, I'm telling you, there's a weird level of Christianity. And I'm telling you, that's where the greatest life is found. Because no, so many people abandon church, and you know why they abandon church? It's because they settled for a weak, anemic, normal, basic version of Christianity and wondered why they never experienced God. Because you're living at the base camp. You haven't experienced the peak. You're living down here, and I'm telling you, there's so much more. But to do it, you'll happen to step into something. Some people, maybe even some Christians, because my parents did, they will deem it as a little bit weird. Now, let's say this real quick here, because there's, there, there's, there, there's a kickback, and I get the kickback, because there's a couple things that will keep you from totally committing to weird. I want you to be weird. 
I want you to be the good kind of weird. I want you to be the God kind of weird. I want you to be so bought into Jesus' life and teachings and who he is and being connected to him that maybe even certain Christians will be like, okay, that's a, that's a bit much. But to do that, there's a couple of barriers. The first barrier is this, is, is there is a barrier that is the need to please. We, we go back to our middle school version of ourselves and we think, yeah, but I don't want to be so weird that I don't fit in anymore. I don't want to be so weird that people don't want to hang out with me. I don't want to be that weird. And listen, I don't think that's going to happen. But here's the deal. There's a trap in our mind where we get consumed with the question, what will people think? And that question goes through our minds. And I'm telling you that that question should never be the influence of our life. What will, but what will they think? You know what I mean? I tithe. I give 10% of my income to church. I can't tell other people that. What would they think, Right? Because Jesus is weird. So Jesus says, if you want to get more in life, he says, give. Now, normal would say that if you want to get more in life, take, right? And never give, because if you give, that's subtraction, right? Taking is addition. Giving is subtraction. So if I want to get, I need to get get this math equation right. And Jesus is like, no, it's the opposite. The idea is that if you give more, you elevate. That's, That's the Jesus equation. That's how it works and so so what but what would people think if i didn't go to this and i cut out of that and i didn't have my kids in every this on a sunday morning and i was at church what if people even just knew that i went to church what will people think and we're scared it's this internal pressure to have to like still be accepted and liked by everybody but i'm telling you everybody's usually not right and normal isn't working So who cares anyway? The second pressure that hits you is not just the pressure to please that's inward, but it's the pressure of persecution that's outward because here's what is going to happen. Because some of you won't just tell other people and you'll be like undercover Christian um, because you're you're afraid what would they think. But for others of us, there's this outside pressure that will legitimately come. Like, Like here's what I knew. That when I became a Christian, there were certain friends that like, remember I told you my parents thought I was weird? And my brother thought I was weird? My friends thought I was weird. My friends were like, this is a phase. He's just doing the religious thing. He'll be back with us. And they were like, he'll be back in three. They were like taking bets on how long the religious thing would last. They all lost. I'm still here. Weird worked. (laughs) I liked it. I bought in. I found that there was life at the end of the road that seemed to be a little bit weird. But they they thought I was weird. And there was this pressure. Because then I was like, oh my gosh, I won't have any friends. I won't fit in. And I I remember trying the first few weeks that I gave my life to Jesus. I remember trying to think, okay, Todd, you've got to balance fitting in with Jesus. And so I would go to parties, but then not do things. I would go to parties, but not drink that, smoke that, do that. do. And I was just trying to find this fine line. I was thinking, I can can do it. This is a balancing act. You know what I realized? I just... I have no desire for that stuff anymore. I'd rather just be a little bit weird. And, and if that means that you don't want to hang out with me, that's okay. I love you and I'll still be your friend. But, but if you want to hang out with me because you think, I'm, that's okay. But I'm not going to surrender what I believe is the most important thing to you just so that I can have a few extra friends. And here's the point that I would make. John chapter 15 says this. This is Jesus speaking again. He says, if the world hates you, just remember, like keep this in mind. It already hated me first. You're in good company, basically. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. Because you look like it, smell like it, talk like it. You're just like it anyway, so they're going to adopt you and accept you, and it's all good. He says, as it is, you do not belong to this world. Like, if you follow me, if you're a Christian, you don't belong to this world. And I have chosen you, what? Out of this world. And that's why the world hates you. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. 
So again, I'm telling you this. If, if people don't reject some of the stuff that you're doing or thinking or believing or have adopted, that may cause some concern in your life. Because to me, what that says is I'm hanging on of so much to the world that I barely have a, just a little bit of Jesus. It's not like I'm trying to slip into heaven if you'll just let me get in, but I'm going to so cling to this world and just try to keep my toe in heaven. So that's ridiculous. You're missing it. That is never what Jesus has called us to do. He's saying, I want you to go all in. I want you to push all your chips to the middle of the table, and I want you to go all in, even if it requires you to seem or appear to be just a little bit weird. Watch this. I cannot please everyone, but I can please God. Because here's what I know about you. This is what I know to be universally true. Even when you tried to do everything normal and tried to do everything to fit in, not everybody liked you anyway. Can I get an amen? You couldn't make everybody happy anyway. That group didn't like you. This group didn't have you. Shoot, if you start talking about politics, half the country hates your guts anyway. So it just, no matter what, you cannot please everyone. So if you can't please everyone, what if you made a decision today to say, you know what, let me make sure that I at least please the one. The most important one. Because well, I can't please all of you. I'm not going to make all mom and dad and brothers and sisters and friends and culture. Not everybody's going to be happy with me. But what if I lived a life that God was pleased with? Like what if I didn't ask the question, what would people think? What if I asked the question, what would God think? What would, what would Jesus think? And what if I lived on the edge of what some people deem to be just a bit weird? Last scripture, and I'll close with this. This is what Moses told the people of Israel. As the story goes, they were slaves in Egypt, but they were promised a land in Canaan. And right in the middle, they were in a desert, and God spoke to them. He's basically saying, you're not there anymore, but you're not here yet, and this is what you need to know is important. He goes, the Lord said to Moses, I want you to tell the Israelites, and this is what I want you to say to them. You tell them, I am the Lord your God. You must not do just like they did back in Egypt where you used to live. And you must not do like they do in the land of Canaan. Because where I am bringing you is different. Therefore, do not follow their practices. Again, he's saying that, listen, 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 listen. The whole point of the, the promised land, is it's, 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 a, it's a big metaphor. Egypt was slavery. And what we do so, so badly is we want to get out of our slavery, right? We want to get out of the pain and the punishment and the penalty of sin and all that. So we, we want a slavery. Nobody wants slavery. But then what happens is we end up in this place that's so incredible and so great. But then we end up in the land of idolatry where we put so many other things before God. And he goes, I don't want you to live in either one of those worlds. What I want you to do is live in a world where you're not living in a life of idolatry, where you're just chasing after things that are fake, chasing after things that aren't real, chasing after things that can never really satisfy you. That's the land of idolatry. I don't want you to live in the slavery of sin, where sin just beats the heck out of you. Because sin is bruising, isn't it? Sin will punish you. You do enough sin in this life, God doesn't judge you. Sin beats you up bad enough. You end up addicted, broke, busted, disgusted, tore up from the floor up. That's sin, sin, that, that's no fun. He goes, I want you to live in a life where I am the Lord your God and you're living in the land of promise and abundance, land of blessing. That's where God wants you to be. But here's the deal. To get to that, there's a broad path and it doesn't go to the promised land. There's a narrow path. It's not the most popular. Some people even think it's kind of weird. But if you go on that path, you'll find life. You'll find blessing. Let's pray this morning. So these next few weeks, we just, we just opened up the door here today. But these next few weeks, we will open up more 
of what it might look like to be a little bit weird. Not in a bad way. I'm not going to turn you into a goofy Christian, I promise. Those people get up on my nerves too. I'm not going to make you weird in an icky way. I promise I will not do that to you. I want to make you weird in a God way, and I'll show you what that looks like. And I'll show you some things that the Bible teaches that I think will revolutionize your life because normal doesn't work anyway. And so, God, we pray today that we would take a step closer to you in our faith. That, God, we would just take one step to saying, God, what if you have something better than what I currently have? What if, if I did marriage your way, God, you could make my marriage blessed? If I did, what if I did parenting your way? What if, what if my kids ended up more blessed? What if I started thinking about time and money and finances and life decisions and morals and dating and all? What if I did all that stuff? God, would you please help me to open up my heart and open up my mind to you, God, to let you in, to let you change me, rearrange me, and put me on a path, Lord God, that leads to life. Lord, that's my prayer today in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Can we give Lord a big hand clap today? Thanks again for listening to the New Beginnings Podcast. For more information on New Beginnings Church, please visit us online at nbchurch.tv.